0: all right welcome back to another episode of rip through a podcast this is episode 14 welcome sean tobin i appreciate you coming up here mate on this rainy day in bris vegas yeah it's wet up here
1: it's wet up here mitchy but uh no on the back of last week it's uh, it's good to be back mate yeah
0: you seem to be here obviously once a week um how is it all going down south? I haven't really spoken to you about all your adventures. We've been talking about me and all the boys for a long time now. How's it all going for you? We didn't get much to
1: talk about last week with Eddie no, taking no. up the whole show. An hour and 10 minutes, How I think, we were able to cut down. Fantastic, that was. And yeah. the, the feedback that I've seen from all the commentary has been good. But uh, no exciting things happening down at ExclusiveInsight.com. So yep. we've uh, we've got a few things happening in the works. We've been working with a lot of the State of Origin players. We've got a lot yep. of uh, Olympic athletes that we're starting to now work with yep. um, in the build-up to Tokyo 2020. Um, So exciting times now, couldn't be happier and uh, yourself, we're back into the swing of things last week after yep. the
0: bye Yep, so obviously it was a dual bye week for the AFL, so we had ours, I think we were first off the bat um, Had a little good session, I didn't get away anywhere, I just uh, st- stayed around Brisbane um, I felt like I've been flying a fair bit this year, like we travel every second week So I didn't really want to get on a, get on a plane and go somewhere So yeah. a few of the boys went to Hamilton on on a golf trip um, a lot of other boys went home back to Victoria and um, Adelaide and whatnot. But no, nah, I just stayed around. Chance had his first running carnival on the on the Friday of the nice, bye. So nice. I didn't do I went down there and watched it. That. that was actually probably the another proud dad moment. He got a bit stitched up there. He uh, he came third in his race, but he got put into fourth, so he didn't make the finals. So I was gonna have a word to him that, you know, I can feel like the angry dad coming out already on the on the sidelines. <laughs> so but it was a proud very proud moment watching him do that. And then Emma had footy on Saturday and she uh, End up getting a big stress fracture in her foot. So she's out for six weeks. <laughs> oh, you yeah. kidding. Out for six weeks, yep. So Stop um, it. It was a very eventful weekend. We didn't do much at all really, so... That was me. I I just chewed out, and it was actually pretty boring. Really, I didn't do too much.
1: And a quick update on
0: Chance Ozkik. Now he's been in the program yeah. for a good four to six weeks. What's yeah. the
1: latest? How's, yeah, he, how's yeah he's looking? coming
0: along. He's coming along. He's um, because you, you just just to backtrack. You didn't force a ball in his hand. No, nah, really. I still don't. You've, you've waited. Yeah, he uh, he talks about footy a lot now. Like he wants to go to a lot more of these training sessions and stuff. So, uh, I think they got the first game. It's the last session of like the eight week program. So tomorrow's the last session. So I think they're playing a game and. Yeah, he. I think I still think he's gonna play rugby. He, he gets the ball and runs. It doesn't look for a bounce. He doesn't look like kicking. He just runs with the ball and runs into people. So I don't know. He, Hopefully, the gun of
1: that. He's still a Billy's Boyle. What was the program that <laughs> though? Billy's buddy. Billy's buddy. <laughs> so <sorry>. Billy's Boyle. <laughs> Billy's boy. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, sure. he's a
0: Billy's Boyle. No, nah, so I think he might be a rugby boy, but we'll see about that. But now nah, I feel very refreshed, and I think it was good for not only me but our whole, whole team because we uh, we came back after that Colton loss. Which we're all very upset about, and uh, we had a good win on the weekend.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, was it difficult to to come
0: back and play a game after the bye? But it didn't look that way from from all nah, things. We were trying to redeem ourselves. I think the bye was tough. We we knew going into that game that if we lost, it was going to be a tough couple of weeks. Um, obviously a lot of there was a lot of hype around him, and you know the coach. You know that stat comes out that a team that loses the coach usually wins wins the week after. So. We're all aware of that. We we're aware of the outside noise, and um, we prepared very well for it. But I think we just all, you know, pretty run down. We've had a big, big first half of the season, um, and we'll come. We'll, if we won the game, it would have been eight and four, so or eight and five. But yeah, we end up losing that game. But if we had a we had a good hard look at ourselves, and we came back against Saints with a on a mission, I think, and uh, that that went really well for us. So yeah, uh, I think we needed to win like that. We haven't had a, one like that for the whole year. We're in the last quarter. we have usually being a couple of points in it, or we've been trying to come back and win. So it was actually refreshing to have a um, a comfortable lead going to the last quarter and getting the W.
1: Yeah, you always hear about teams saying the bio has come at a good time. Mm. Was that
0: that is, was, was that the first true. time that you've actually yeah. really
1: understood what that meant?
0: Yeah, I, for myself, yes. Like I'm 30 now, so the body wasn't run down or anything. I was more mentally. Like we've had a because I think even Fag spoke about it. We we try to win every game in the in the JLT in the preseason games too. So. We, in the preseason run we're under no illusions that um, we start the, in the previous years, pretty bad. Um, this time, last two years, we've had, been with Fakes, we, you know, we go off that time period, we've been 1-10 or 1-11, some of that, and then we come home hard at the end, um, second half of the year with a few wins on the board, so we wanted to win every game we could, and so we went pretty hard in the JLT, um, and then obviously started the year, we started 3-0, and zero and then dropped a couple, and then won a couple, then you know, lost, win, lost, win, lost, win, so... Uh, we set ourselves up for a big first half of the year, um, early days. So that's why I think mid-season break was really good for us. And just to just refresh and just um it's a good time for you to see where you're at as a footballer as well. Um I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago that it's one of those chances that you get to evaluate your game and see how you're going and what you can what your deficiencies are or what what you can change any training patterns because every training that we have we always have our um uh, development S- our sessions during the training and we look at what we uh, can work on like our kicking or long kicking handballs like all that kind of stuff so we've got a variety of things we can work on and uh, it's just a good chance to have a look at that look at your stats where you fit the team where you can talk to the coach about and um, reassess your goals yeah wow. Well, and and you, you said JLT was where it first started
1: now I have good authority my sources tell me that it wasn't the JLT for you you were you came into the preseason a very uh very uh, I don't want to say angry man but you were very intent on on yeah, okay. I suppose having a chip on your shoulder I'm not going to re- re- reveal my source because I don't want to upset michael Whiting from afl.com.au <laughs> but he did tell don't me that your he, source. He, he, t- he did tell me there was one training session where you guys had a match simulation and he looked at you and you weren't you, you had a chip on your shoulder yeah, just okay. coming into the summer and he kind of said oh he's he's one to watch in, in yeah. 2019 and it I suppose for you as you said I mean JLT was big you guys are trying to build a winning culture but yeah for yourself personally and for many of the boys in the team it was yeah. it was about that preseason really using that to set yourselves up
0: it was for us because we have obviously fresh faces in the team and Charlie Cameron's coming back from injury and a couple other boys are too so you know, we got Lockie Neal, we got Jared Lyons, we've got Link McCarthy, um, Marcus Adams, who was unfortunately injured, who's just played his 1st um NFL game on the weekend. He looked really good. So we had a lot of fresh faces in the team, and I think Mike's he probably alluded to the fact that I was pushed out of the midfield, and I didn't really fit in the forward line either with all these new faces. So obviously I had to train pretty hard in the previous season, and that's probably set me up for the year. But um, as I've talked about before, Fag sat me down um, in our Tassie camp, where... I was we did our first match sim and I was put in the B team so uh, that was kind of a that's the story yeah yeah that's the story there so I was kind of a slap in the face that you know I, I thought to myself you know I'm a veteran of the team I've been playing some good footy in the past few years and then these guys come in and just haven't worked for it and they got my spot type thing so yeah I was obviously pretty pissed off about that and Fags being the great coach he is and the communicator that he is he really sat me down and um, just spoke about um, the synergy and they're trying to get these players to see how they go um, kind of made me aware of what was going on um, instead of just letting me sit there just angry at the world type of thing. So we spoke about putting me on a wing and that wasn't a position that was um, filled just yet and there was a few blokes going for that race and that was kind of a new thing for me in the preseason to make that my my position um, and I've, got, I've played it pretty well this year. It's obviously new to me but the outside game, I'm usually trying to get in there and get the hardball and the feed out to those outside users but it's been, um, I guess, a motivating thing for me as well just to play something new um, and it's just seeing the game differently so – I still have my room for improvements in this role like sometimes I might want to go and crash bodies and leave my position sometimes to hit someone or to get the ball so I'm still working on it but it's I I'm actually loving the wing and the wing and I think the last few weeks I've been thrown around wing inside forward and it, we kind of had a discussion in the mid-season break that I just want to play wing and see how we go from there so it's, w- it's working well for me and the team and if I can keep doing that role well it's good my GPS numbers are through the roof by the way like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know I could run this well so <laughs> um, when you don't get hit as much it's uh it's good for the body
1: Yeah, sorry Mike I, I think I did ask him whether he I could did. use that I definitely don't betray confidences but I think I did ask Mike if I could, if I could use that bad, when he did tell bad. me no it isn't and, and there's a lot to talk about this week uh, obviously the number one talking point I suppose that we were discussing a short time ago is the amount of uh, coach and player movement in particularly I suppose John Longmore in the last the coaches hours. this is this is yeah. one of those years
0: where, like there's three or four coaches on the move it's um there's someone under fire still there's some like it, i reckon it changes every week for me like to see like i've looked at the headlines and what to, what to make news and it's it's a coach that's under under pressure and then it's a coach in an already established team that's been linked to another team like is this yeah. i can't keep up really yeah is this the
1: first time that you've seen where at this point of the year there's been more commentary on the coaching movement more rather than a player
0: movement I think so, definitely, um, and it's kind of refreshing for the for the players. I think um, I don't know how it is for the coaches, but um, for the, for them, it just looks like no one's safe. Really, like there's these expectations on teams, every team to be making the top eight, where that's not real. Like every team goes through a um, not a rebuild, but a but a season differently, and things can happen. You get a lot of injuries, like Richmond, like that. They're a great team. They've had a shitload of injuries. Um, and no one's really talking about you know, Harwick and stuff because they understand that. There's a lot of other teams that are just below or around that who have the similar situations. Obviously, we're seeing uh, North Melbourne and Colton lose their, their head coaches and um, that kind of opens up the, the chats for who's going to coach them next. And it doesn't seem like that anyone's going for left field coach. They're all going for established senior authority coaches who's probably been through that same process. So you see John Longmire who's... No, one of the greats of Sydney and he's had them in finals. I don't don't remember when they've missed the finals, probably like once in the team, yeah, 2000 and something. I think so.
1: I think they've set the benchmark.
0: It's ridiculous. And obviously you see Clark's, and he's taken his hat out of the race. And you don't know how much of that is true because you've seen it happen before that I said, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm contracted to Hawthorne, not just Hawthorne, but I'm contracted to this club and um, I'm going to be here for as long as I can. But things happen, um, especially end of the year. So I don't know, it's, 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 it's weird to see the coaches a lot more talking about the coaches than players, especially in midseason. Like you still see some players thrown up there, up there, but um, I don't know. It's just a weird one. You probably, what do you think?
1: Well, it, it is interesting. It ties us back to I suppose the the overarching theme that we were going to discuss around player and <laughs> coach movement. We'll throw yeah. a coach movement in there as well yeah. about it, it, are players and coaches now really just accepting that this is a business for them, yeah, um, yeah. from a player perspective, from a coach perspective. You know, we always hear about club loyalty, yeah. uh, the traditional club loyalty, but is it just a matter that we're going to see less one-game players? We're going to see less coaches stay at the one club for a sustained period of time, and yeah. that people really do see themselves as as um, career players and career coaches, and that that obviously means not staying at the one club. Like, do you kind of see that this is now more of a business than it
0: ever has been? Well. I think you just got to look at all the drafts and those type of things and the, the terminology that the players used back in the day. It was like, oh, you know, I really want to be a one club player. I want to you know, spend my whole career here. And I still I still have a sense of that's a thing. I, I would like obviously I've played at two clubs. It didn't go the way I, I thought in my head I was going to pan out at Carlton. Um, obviously got delisted from there. But there's a little something around being a one club player. That's it makes it look like um, you've kind of solidified yourself as an AFL player. Uh, but I slowly think that's drifting away from that. Um, players, especially with there being a like a, a, national competition. Obviously, there's a few states that don't have a team. <laughs> Tasmania. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But players look to go home, and clubs are really recruiting now to suit suit the players to leave home. Like I talk about us, we got Tumer Clark and Jared Berry. They're both country boys from Victoria really good mates, they'd been boarding away from the um, their their home for about I don't know, four or five years at a boarding school um, and then we draft them to Brisbane together. So that's the kind of way the club's looking at now. So I don't, I don't, I don't really see the go-home factor for those two boys. Um, so I think the way that clubs are drafting now, they would still want players to be one-club players, obviously, but I do believe this is business and players and coaches alike are starting to understand that Look, a club can get rid of you in a heartbeat. Let's not joke about that yeah, like at yeah. the end of the year they can be like yeah we don't want you anymore we'll trade you that yeah. can happen like that so yeah. I think the players have a lot more power than they should at times um, especially when they're contracted but in saying that the clubs can trade you in a heartbeat
1: yeah I, I didn't really probably understand what a, a career coach was or meant until yeah. Ross Lyon famously made the move from St yeah. Kilda to, to Fremantle in the circumstances in which he did and his passion to be a career coach and that's why I, I kind of look at the John Longmire situation and think well if he was to leave at the end of the year, is it is it just a circumstances of the environment that we're in yeah. now? Like this is a business for everyone. I mean, this is your profession. You know, this is your nine to five. You are paid to play football. Um, others are paid to coach. Others are paid to administrate. Um, I just think we've we've finally reached a point where the game is actually truly a business. And yeah.
0: Is that a bad thing? I don't
1: think so. I don't I think, think so.
0: I think coaches, um, coaches being a one club coach isn't a thing. I don't, I've do never really seen that as a thing. I think they they go to where they see the best list they can work with and longevity. You're not going to go to a team that you think you can't get that premiership window in. Or the thing with Bolton is he he went into the club, he must have had understanding that, you know, it was a rebuild time. They're going to bring players in, turn the list over, and then it's playing those young guys and into experience and then winning finals. So... Along the way, that message was lost, I guess, down there, and it probably wasn't working out the way they wanted to, and obviously, he's at the door, but that's not to say he's a great coach. Um, you know, you see Fags and a lot of other coaches coming out and batting for him, saying that he'll get a job anywhere else, any anywhere as assistant, he would get picked up in a heartbeat, so it's all about, for coaches, seeing, seeing a product they like, and what they can work with, and then making their own, so you can see with the Gold coach, Stuart Drew, his game plan came in, and they've been they've been so competitive this year, and they've they have. Yeah. How many games are lost by under a goal is yeah. ridiculous? So they'll yeah. similar position to us last year. So next year they could turn turn the confidence head. So I think uh monies and dollars comes into it a lot more than being one club player top thing.
1: Yeah, and it's not just your decision either. I no, mean, well, the, the, the club clubs, has yeah. to obviously factor yeah. into that as well as to what suits well, the
0: best interest for them. If a club doesn't want you, you can't you've got nothing to say about that. Yeah. It? You can't yeah. do
1: anything about it. Yeah. And I think that's where just players are starting to take more ownership of their own football careers. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, you, you you pulled it back to a point earlier where, where clubs every year have the power to deal as players. Yeah. Um, so as players, you should have the right to dictate where your futures um, are led. And that's what we're seeing in the NBA. You yeah. know, players... Get drafted to teams; they don't have a choice. It's the same in the AFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so player movement, I absolutely believe in, and I think it's a great thing for the game and for the code, and it, it can actually help teams improve. I mean, you look at what the Brisbane Lions have done in recent years through yeah. player movement; you've yeah. been able to get people into your footy club that has helped change the trajectory of, of where you guys are heading.
0: And that that comes down to, it, it, for us to build a destination club, like you say, that we're throwing around, like no one really wanted to come to Brisbane because you know we didn't have a great culture. Um, the admin wasn't great. The players weren't. Well, the list. I guess the list wasn't very. Pardon me. <coughs> I guess the list wasn't up to scratch. And the best thing about that is we got the AFL. Kind of. I think they intervened. We got David Noble. Um, we got Greg Swan, who's a CEO. Yeah. David Noble, who's a GM. You know, Chris Fagan, who's got a teaching background and he's been you know around the traps for a long time. Building that culture and building the um, the admin um, culture as well really set us up for players wanting to come to our club. Um, obviously money's involved and players will come on the back of that but I think the players that want to be here are here the players that weren't obviously moved on now so that's what helped really helped us in building that culture and a lot of hard work obviously in game plans and the structures and whatnot um, obviously win games but I think to make yourself a destination club you've got to have that footy brand and I think really got that now so it takes time like when Faze first got here he gave us a message from the start saying, look, this is a trajectory we're going to go in and this is how, you know, it might be a tough couple of years, but it's, we're going to see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So we all bought into that and obviously this year we're having a pretty good year.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah and, and players are buying into, I suppose, players embracing uh, their own football destinies and, and actually having control over that. And, and we actually heard last week Eddie talking about all the things he's getting up to off-field and yeah. actually taking ownership of, of the businesses and the portfolio that he's trying to build away from the what, game. What
0: isn't he doing, man?
1: I, I don't know how he has time to play footy. <laughs> and uh, play it well. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, So is that is that another extension of all of this? When we talk about the game being a business, the players now becoming more savvy with, I suppose, their time away from the game? Because it's something that the AFLPA has been pushing for yeah. a number of years. We need to give more players more time away from the club. And as a byproduct of that, they're starting to invest in other areas and, and this right here is a byproduct of what you're exactly. trying to actually look at doing so do you kind of sense that players are becoming more savvy when it comes to their off-field lives as well now
0: i think it's becoming aware of um the surroundings and what business we're actually in we talk about football and it's the longevity in this game is i think 3.5 years and then yeah you, that's the average yeah i think 22 is the average age that a player leaves yeah, the game i think you're 22 so that's like three, three or so years in a game then you, then that's the average span of an AFL player. Then you're 22, and if you don't, if you if you come straight out of high school or college, then you don't really have anything to fall back on. So that's why the AFL and the AFLPA really pushed um, the you know the day off and the development time that we have on the Monday. So the Monday just gone. We we don't we don't go into the club till you know two o'clock in the afternoon. So we have the whole Monday to do personal development, which is school, you do know, podcasts or look at your portfolio, business and stuff. But players are becoming aware of um, that and what they can do with their money and. Going to, you see the people wanting to go back to Melbourne and the big clubs and stuff, that's obviously an upper hand to meet the corporates, um, to have more priority to get appearances and get your name out there and get notice for life post-footy and that's a big lure for a lot of players, especially the ones that are probably bringing a lot of money. Um, so you see a lot of that being a factor in players wanting to go to the big cities and the big clubs. But, I um, know, oh it's, it's good. Like a lot of players, want understanding of what, what it takes to be a player these days and what to do, what, what to and what not to do with your money. So it's um, one of those things that everyone's different, but um, I'm loving my podcast at the moment. So hopefully we can uh, really bring in the bucks so that I can start feeding my family again. Yeah.
1: Uh, shifting gears back to the buy round. Uh, now this has been, I suppose some, some commentary around in, in the last 24 hours around the structure of the buy round. Now, obviously this year we've had the, the, the break sh- broken into two with half the teams playing the other half of rest the week after. Um, Having played now in, I suppose, the this year's sort of circumstances, would you prefer everyone just takes a week off and then everyone just comes back, we have a week off of footy? Like how would you actually structure the buy? If, if I suppose you, you've been in the game long enough now to, to feel what works? What, what do you think would be well received?
0: Well, the bye is a good opportunity to get away and relax and not think about the game. Um, it's kind of contradicting yourself because I said before that Um, You can use it to reflect in your own game. And that's true, a lot of players do. Or some players just switch completely off and then come back, try and refresh that way. But I would actually push for just a full week off for everybody. And then we come back and then... Because I didn't really like how staggered... Like you don't know who's on the ladder, who's generally in front of you on the ladder and all the percentages and stuff. It's kind of a little bit off-putting. But I think it's just a full week for everybody and they can try and implement something into that week to keep the footy wheel and the footy bubble talking. Um, For me, that'd be a mid-season trade. I think that's so. Probably, you're for that. The mid-season I'm for, trade. I'm for yep. it. Yeah. Does it give enough time for a player to move on? So, say if, say if it, was, it was myself, that got moved to Melbourne. Do I have enough time to pack everything up, get the family down there? Like that would be a full pain in the ass because like we're very settled here. Yeah. Um, but I think that'd be a good a good week to do it. Um, I I reckon it's going to happen next year. Um, I think I've seen conversations online already about that kind of stuff. So, um. Would it work? I don't, I'm not too sure if it would work or not, but I think the week for everybody would be great just to have it off and just just a week off footy for everybody because then you come back, everyone's in the same playing field, and then you've straight back into it.
1: Yeah, it has seemed like a big year. I mean, I think everyone was looking forward to the buy, yeah. regardless of yeah. when you had it.
0: Even the fans and stuff. Like, there's been so much around the fans um, and the CEO and all – like, it's just been so much. Like, it's a bit draining, to be honest. So yeah. I think a week off for everybody and have something, something – talk about something else isn't a bad thing. Yeah, so – Ties us into, I suppose, our next
1: talking point. I mean, if, if you were CEO of the AFL, yep. and you'd be a very good CEO of the AFL, I'm sure of that. Forcible. Outside of the mid-season trade, like, is that one aspect of the game that you would, <laughs> in terms of changes, you'd look to implement? Is, is actually bringing forward a, a mid-season trade?
0: I think it, I think it works. Um, it gives the players who aren't getting a game in the AFL AFL team to have another opportunity. Um, there hasn't been any. Too many injuries, bar like Richmond and a couple other teams that have had a lot of key defenders, and their stars have been like you know Rewalt, Rance, those type of blokes that are out. Um, they've been able to fill those positions pretty comfortably. Like they're still thereabouts in the finals hunt. Um, I think it works. It works for players just to understand that they've got even the even the draft. Like players in the in the reserve teams all through the country have the opportunity to play AFL still. And we saw a number of players who got drafted in that. In that um, mid-season draft play, AFL like the week or two after, so that's obviously a tick there. I think the next step is a is a trade period. Um, whether it with any every team trades or not, like that's up to them. But I think having that option and knowing that if you're severely lacking a certain position or you need a tag, I say coming into the back end of the year because you know you've been pretty bad in centre square bounce or players being off the chain, that's another way to find a player out there that really hungry and wants to come in and do it. So. That that'll be one thing that I'll bring through. I probably wouldn't go on a hol- holiday to Hawaii mid-season. Um, so what did you make of that? I mean, we, we joked about it
1: before, but yeah. Mick Warner from the Herald Sun did did write an article in regards to, um, Gil McLaughlin's uh, mid-season vacation in yep. in, in Hawaii. Um, what what did you make of that? I, th- I thought it was interesting. The commentary yeah. around it. To I be saw.
0: Honest. I saw it too. I think everyone really saw it. It's it's a. Difficult time for him to get away, especially during some off-field issues that we we're having in the time of security and over over security at the games and fans alike that have gone a bit silly every now and then. Um for him as well, he probably needs a break just to refresh because he's probably got the toughest job in the AFL. Let's um, not let's not beat around the bush. You're probably. making no friends. No, he's uh, he's got a tough one. So and the thing is for him that you don't I don't really see who's second in charge to be able to take his position while he's gone for that week or whatever he's gone for. So I think delegating or even having a role for the second in charge, whoever that is, I don't know if there's actually a role in the AFL for that. That can kind of cover so you don't really notice that Gil's gone. Um, would I love seeing him go mid-year when there's stuff going? No, probably not. There's not, no real good time for him to leave during the year. Um, I think I saw it maybe last year year before as he might have done a similar thing. I think he just gets away during the bye week. So um, I think him and his brother wanted to go to – tour de france or something yeah. like that and, he, and something I was going on yeah something was going on at the time so uh probably just the timing of things isn't great but obviously at the end of season it's probably his time to shine and get away and do his things with his family but as i said everyone needs a break it's just uh, unfortunate that he's um you know the face of a huge billion dollar company um and there's something usually going on yeah. around that time of the year so and i don't it doesn't really bother me too much but it's probably not the best time to and that in and if he does get away, that's what I mean. We need to see who's second in charge and them have a face as well so we can kind of go to them for, you know, options and answers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And any other changes you'd put bring forward
0: if you're, if you're a CEO in well, charge of the game? I, I did watch The Origin the other night and it kind of brought up a little bit of feelings oh, that, geez, yes. I'd love to play in one of those things. Yep. Even though that was a whitewash that game um, – I just, it just looks so much fun. And I went to one probably two years ago or last year. Yeah. And it's, it's it, it, amazing. In Suncorp? Yeah, Suncorp. It, there's yeah nothing, amazing
1: There's nothing better than walking down Caxton Street... It's amazing.
0: ...for an Origin Night. I'll yeah. tell you
1: what. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy.
0: And the atmosphere there, obviously, if they win as well, it's even better. But it's just a crazy feeling. Um, and we've got... Like, our game is so good. I'd love to see the best be the best. But I just don't see how it's going to fit into the season or pre-season or... But I know one bloke who shall remain nameless, Sean Tobin, has a good idea.
1: This is – okay, give me 90 seconds to pitch this to our uh, Rip through It podcast listeners. Let's make
0: sure this camera's on first. Uh, This is
1: (laughs) – we're on? Okay. Okay. All right. You're right. Give me 90 seconds to pitch this to our Rip through It podcast listeners. We we want some feedback on this, and we are personally taking this, myself, you, Gary Ablett, we're all taking this to guilt. And, and his team at the AFL executive, and we're going to put this forward. Uh, so if they steal this idea, we're actually coming for you it's as it's well. This is copyrighted. This is copyrighted. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think there is a way to do representative football um, with respect to international rules. I don't know whether it's had the same cloud in, in recent years. Uh, international rules, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's m- my thing is, if we're talking state of origin, purely state of origin, there is a way of doing this. Okay. And my view is uh, it can be a club state of origin match, Okay. Where you combine the, it, it's purely focused towards the northern states. It's an exhibition game. You have a Queensland versus New South Wales club challenge. Okay, so
0: what? So Gold Coast and us.
1: The best, the best players from Gold Coast and the best players from Brisbane are, represent Queensland, yeah. and the best players from Sydney, Sydney Swans and, and the GWS Giants play against you. And, and we have this New South Wales-Queensland state of origin match in the AFL. Okay,
0: I don't mind that. Because that, that's hitting the fans in those respective states, I guess. Absolutely. And, and, and we know they're passionate.
1: You, yeah. you can't tell me those two states aren't passionate about state of origin. I mean, well, we that, we, we, can we, we know that. Proof in the pudding, my friend. Absolutely. So I, I, don't get me wrong. Victoria versus Allies would be great every year, but if we're talking about trying to create a marquee game yeah. in the northern states that could potentially be used to attract free agents to the northern
0: markets, yeah. I think this is it. I think this Mate, is it. I that think that's this actually is actually not too bad. That's not too bad. So our best players, our best twenty-two versus Sydney's uh, versus what's it called, New South Wales twenty-two. Are they great. are they called the Blues and the Maroons? Or? Absolutely, call, oh, call so them whatever so you want. Okay, I don't I care. as
1: long as we've got the Peyton rods Stewart, that's alright.
0: And when are we doing this? <laughs> we would do this the week. I,
1: I would do it personally. This is because I, I think it has to be before the start of the season. Yeah. Um I would play it uh 2 weeks out before round 1. Okay. So, so I would have two pre-season games. Yeah. Uh, I would then have the State of Origin match. Yeah. I then have the week off
0: and then, and then I'd have round 1. Okay. So the, some the teams that aren't in the Origin have 2 weeks off though. Uh correct. Correct. Or like or they could just Okay, so I'd say JLT game um, another JLT game, state of origin and other clubs can still have JLT 3. Correct. Yeah, because people and then are going to arrange practice matches yeah, anyway. They do like it you, anyway. You know yeah. what it's We're like. to
1: have a practice match. Suns and Brisbane Lions always have a scheduled practice match. Yeah, we have one this season. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So teams are going to do that anyway. Geelong yeah. and North Melbourne have done it in recent years. But my view is because the NRL actually gets a four or five week head start on the AFL in the Northern States, yeah. this could be a great opportunity to actually start the game in the Northern States and help actually combat Against uh, the, I'm the exposure. I am
0: actually tweet this. it is actually a good
1: idea. I think I need to go to... I've been sleeping on have this have you for been... The, how have you it to see yourself for so long? I've been waiting for the right opportunity. I've been trying to do my due diligence, yeah, making sure yeah. this works. But I think it could work. I think it's the only way that State of Origin could return. I'm actually for that. In, in the AFL. Because you can't...
0: Clubs aren't going to release players during there's the season. There's no way that clubs going to... Because it's not like the NRL. There's so much money that's attached to wins and losses... Um, and you see a few injuries in the origin as well but I, I i actually really agree that could be a thing because there's not much known about from the from the outside looking in there's not much known about like the the Gold Coast and the the Brisbane Lions and the you know the Swans are still pretty established and the Jets like i think that's a good good avenue too you could have a good team oh you know, go to, and, and and you know i think i'm thinking they're winning at the moment I, I think New South Wales would win this one. I think they would, but geez, I reckon the Queensland good game. side would be dominant. game. a good game. But, That's qu- yeah.
1: but Queensland always comes together, don't they? they? Do, I mean, they, they, do. they just find a way to win. And so, and so, and so it we're might playing be one game up here? Uh, yep, one game we'll up here. Do it here. up here. And you just rotate it. Yep. And, yep. and yep. eventually, you know what? The game's probably played in Perth. You know, you've got these two origin teams yeah, okay. that are playing. At, you, you could take this around the showcase to different venues, but I, I think it could absolutely work. And you just rotate it every year. It's played in Queensland, New South Wales. I would actually share it amongst the, the stadiums. So every like every four years it might be at the Gabba, every four years it's at Metricon, every four years it's at um, the SCG and, and so forth. So, I mean, I think it could absolutely work. And But we'll put it to the people. Let's
0: we'll put, put it, put it together. to the people. If you are back from Hawaii yep, and you're listening to the bot we know you're an listener. He, he doesn't miss an episode. He doesn't miss an episode. Um, he's actually number one ticket holder too. If you like this idea, I'm going to put it on my Twitter account pretty much now. Um, You've got two choices, yes or no. Does it sound good or sound bad? Let me know, but... Um, I'm I'm, I'm 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 all for that. We're going to AFL House Jeez. tomorrow. This podcast might get cancelled, and we just might start doing um.
1: If we've got to do the background to this and the due diligence, <laughs> we've got to hire a team. If there's an agency out there that wants to work with us on this, oh, we are open shit. for business. Our IP is available. Yeah. This is going to work. I, mean, I promise you it's going to work. And and we know that Queenslanders and New South Wales get behind us. They do, stats. they do. Especially so the I think that it, start winning. I think it could work. So, uh, All right, that's the
0: timing. <laughs> but, but looking forward to this week, who do you yeah. guys have got this week? Uh, we got Melbourne Demons this week. So that's a big game Sunday, three twenty, I think. Um, yeah, it's a danger game because a lot of – people are underestimating Melbourne Demons and it's kind of a scary thing because we know that they're a very good team and they've been in a lot of games. I think they've won one out of the last five, but they've had more shots than the opposition pretty much 90% of the time. So I think they had a really good win against Fremantle on the weekend. They get their confidence back up there. So uh, we're in for a big game on Sunday and they're going to be very physical because we saw that against Fremantle. I think they got a bit of their mojo back. So um, we're looking for a big game. We are... we play, we're playing well at the Gabba, and we're getting a lot of people down to the game, so that obviously helps us. And from the St Kilda game, it was amazing the support we had there, um, especially when we had that third quarter, those um, Charlie Cameron goals. The crowd, it felt like a home game. So I do implore everybody to keep getting along to our games. Um, it's to the be, Lions' Den. To the Lions' Den, the fortress. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and come down and support your boys, because uh, we're, we're loving the support we're getting. But... No, that's a, that's about it for us today, mate. It's um, a wrap. It's a bit of a slow news week on everyone else's behalf, but I think we've uh, got a couple of things that I might make some headlines.
1: Absolutely, no, absolutely. Make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, iTunes,
0: Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, and
1: exclusiveinside.com. MySpace. Where are we? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Bebo, whatever
0: the the ones are. I don't know what it was. (laughs) MSN,
1: ICQ. We are on, mate.
0: Uh, All right, now, thanks for coming up here, Sean Tobin. That is Rip Through a Podcast, episode 14. It's your boy, Rob Dog. Mm. I hated it, actually. Boom. Boom. See you, Get it. Get it. Good luck. Drive safe. I will. It's raining out there. I know. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye.